Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 228 of Stream of Thought. And today, Victor and I talk about the birds of winter. Little conversation he overheard on a park bench. And uh, health in the new year. What else are they going to be injecting us with? So with that being said, episode number 228. As always, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> sent that i don't know if that's the same video or a different video because just to recap you did tell me one time how there's these birds in your yard that at a certain time of day they come into your yard and then they just chirp their heads off and then they leave in this winter season that we've been having unusually warm winter season we've only had one snow so far this entire winter up to this point which is crazy but oh my god there are so many birds, and there are sparrow, yeah. sparrows and, and juncos primarily. It, it, I sent Victor a video that I'd taken a couple of weeks ago. So there had to have been over 300 different sparrows that were just nestled. Hundreds for sure. Hun, hundreds Absolutely. at least. Hundreds. I, was, I was trying to do kind of a rough, rough, rough estimate. There's like at least 500 birds. It, at least 500 birds. It was insane. But the crazy part is, is that... Only a handful of them, maybe only like 75 to 100, would get up at a time and just circle a location and just land in branches or on top of a roof. It was the craziest thing. The roof across our house, uh, it's got it's got the, the the tilted triangular roof that goes along. It's a, it's a McMansion, and so it goes on for, I don't know, 45, 50 feet or something like that. Every single inch is covered in one of those sparrows. And they're just perched there. And then every five minutes or something like that, a squadron of them would rise up, circle around, and land someplace new. Oh, man. Nature, dude. I love that stuff. There's a... I can't remember what the word or the phrase is, but there's, like, a science behind that. It's the same with fish. The when When... How they move simultaneously as one unit... You know, hundreds or thousands of these individuals make up this one glob of a unit and somehow all of their brains are connected to each other and they move just in perfect, just everything is, everything in harmony is so perfect. It's in harmony. It's synchronized. It's like, there's no part that is lagging or user error. Yeah. Right. It, it moves exactly the way it's supposed to move. It's just like, holy shit. Well, I mean, I think about that, too. And so, well, what was kind of creepy about this, too, is that as clumps of birds, because what what I had sent you the video of of all the birds leaving our property, uh, but for the time being, before that, there was just a small group of them that would get up, but then they would circle. I don't know if you ever saw Alfred Hitchcock's uh, The Birds. I did. That movie's awesome. Bro, it's a classic. It, it felt like I was in the birds. I'm like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? They move in that formation, that aggressive formation, so to confuse larger predators. So falcons, and we have a couple of owls, actually. I guess there's two owls that have been mating in the back of our yard um, for the past couple of weeks now, so we may have baby owls soon as well. But these birds, these sparrows and juncos and, and all the, the tiny birds, move in a particular motion so as to confuse and disorient their they're predators and they're able to basically escape from pretty much any situation. So cool. But everything that you've been witnessing, it's one, it's only happens once a day. 
it happens it happens in the morning and in the evening but the evening that's when they're getting ready to go to the roost or wherever it is that they're staying these are all different species of birds joined together in one glob or each species has their own time or or that they do this i don't think that they work in harmony with different species and right. right but over the course of the day dude we have these massive i would say like three gallon container feeders which i know you've seen when you've come over before yeah so much food it takes um an entire a pitcher like a giant pitcher of bird seed to pour in there and they empty that out within 24 to 36 hours and just the they just keep coming and coming and coming and so we we have become kind of this bird haven refuge that's wild. i love that you have all these animals in your backyard I like owls a lot. I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was, I found it very, I, I can't remember when this was. This had to have been closer to the evening since they're nocturnal. But I remember like seeing an owl like perched on a branch somewhere and I was like, oh, this is so strange. I don't normally see owls. I usually only see them, you know, on the Discovery Channel or in books because they're nocturnal. But I saw one and it was just like odd to think that there are certain birds out there that are the apex predators i i've never seen this before but at night you know go out and hear the owls hooting back and forth to each other like they're communicating in their own special language and uh every once in a while just out of the fun of it i'll go and they would start responding to me after i know i know i was just hoping hoping that they would respond to me But then the weird, the, <laughs> you gotta like spend, you gotta spend a minimum of, of probably ten years practicing one particular call, just to probably fool them because they're so specific with their tones. Like you see people on the Discovery Channel and they're like, "Damn, these guys are fucking pros." And then you try and do it with your friend and you sound like an idiot. Those duck whistles. Like, yeah. there's got to be an owl whistle or something like that, or, like, an owl thing that, like, transforms your voice to make it acceptable. Yeah. But my, so, it, of of the amount of times that I've heard owls in the back, uh, my mom now, because she gets up, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever and will take the dog out, uh, came across two owls for the second time now, I think in the past year, two owls mating with each other, which apparently is a very weird sign. Uh, when When she had come out, she had heard the hooting back and forth, and then as she was returning to the back porch, she looked up, and she saw what she assumed to be the male um, owl right behind the feet, like, flapping his wings dramatically and going, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. But now you guys are going to get some baby owls, huh? So anyway, that's that's some fun nature experience. Switch, switching it up, and tell me if you've ever been in this scenario. But I was, I was out and about the other day, and and this has happened to me, where like you know how somebody is telling you a story, it's usually drama, and then they're like, okay, let me read you this text message, and it's like, okay, and like I'm expecting. Three to four sentences tops. And then it's like this fucking novel of like what occurred the other day. I'm just like, fuck, dude. You just keep reading and reading. And they're reading and reading and reading. And it's like I lost interest 
like a minute and a half ago and just reading and reading. It's like you just read like four fucking novellas. Like just let me either A, just give me a brief synopsis so you don't have to be reading verbatim what these text messages are these text messages are or B just let me skim the messages but it's this happened where uh, I was sitting down and this isn't this it wasn't directed towards me I could overhear this by the people that were right next to me and they were reading like this super negative drama filled thing and it was just like oh my gosh shut up like, I understand people need to vent, people need to, like, get, you know, tell you their side of the story and everything, but, like, I was trying, I didn't want to, like, eavesdrop on this. That, that's a lie. I did eavesdrop for a second, but then it was too, it was way too dreary, and I didn't want anything to do with it because it was making me feel shitty, right? And it was just so much, just negativity, and it was just going on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and I'm like, fuck, we're going on... We're going on like a couple minutes here of one person reading these text messages. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you're just like, oh my gosh, shut up. Or where it's like, just give me the bullet points. I don't need a verbatim read through of all these messages. So I'm I'm curious if that's something that's happened to you because for me, anytime that there is an extended like conversation or whatever that somebody wants to vent or rant about, they just let me read through the whole conversation. Yeah, like that's, that's happened to me, and a couple times I'm like, okay, shut up, just let me read this. Flip through it, okay, done. But like, I was putting on my, I, I was trapped. I couldn't just get up and leave. I was in the middle of putting skates on. <laughs> oh God, yeah. You know, I. So I do feel like the people who end up reading that stuff out loud, especially in a public place, too tend to be overwhelmingly negative. You don't really hear too many positive things that come out of, oh my god, like, my friend just got engaged, they're da 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 It's normally like, right? oh, yeah, like, this person said this horrible stuff. thing to me, blah, blah, blah. It's always, always, always negative stuff. It was, it was just funny because I, I couldn't leave, I felt trapped, I wanted to say something, but I wasn't going to because this person needed to just, you know, they're have a conversation, just needed to get something off their chest or whatnot. Are you aware that you just are – this is just one giant run-on sentence? Oh, you're not aware of that at all. Okay. Well, all righty. <laughs> I'll just sit here and listen to it. Do you realize that this is being shared to the world and anybody who's around you? Or like when people are pick up the phone and they're in line at the grocery store, it's at the, at the library. It's like, yeah, do you not realize that every single fucking person can hear what you're saying? Your head is that far up your ass like you think nobody is listening? It didn't cross your mind that, like, we don't care to hear this shit? Well, and and that brings up the question, too, because just as somebody who uh, takes so many airplane rides, like, it's impossible to ignore other people's conversations uh, a seat aisle or two away. And so for me, it's just sensory overload, whatever. I'm just going to shut it out, put my headphones on. But at the same time, I also kind of realize where I'm at. And so, for example, when I land, I'm going to call whoever is going to come pick me up, but I'm, I'm not going to be like, yeah, so, hey, what's up? Uh, so just landed. Uh, you guys want to pick me up soon? Oh yeah, no, there's a bunch of assholes on this plane right now. Um, yeah. it's like, it's more just like, hey, hey, uh, yeah, just landed. All right. Waiting to, waiting to dis disembark. 
Can you pick me up soon? All right. Text me. Bye. There's this one guy at the library yesterday where picks up the phone and you can tell he was he was upset. I think he was on the phone with his mother or someone. And it's like you can hear the phone call like, come on, get your ass out of the fucking library or hang up. And then the person on the other line continued to say st- stuff that was just upsetting him. And it was funny because there was a threshold. Like he was going to sit in the library and have this conversation, but then he realized that he got he reached a certain level of anger where he had to excuse himself. And then as he's walking out, he's you know, expletive this, expletive that, this, that, that, this. And it's like, dude, you. It's like, dude, you can save this. You can save this until you walked out the building. <laughs> like, all right, well, I get, he's. Making progress as he's making his way towards the exit. And then because you're no longer confined to the table, because you are in route to the exit, you just then uh, become more, I guess you can say, um, lackadaisical in what you're saying. Whereas like before you're confined to the chair, you're sitting at the table, you're trying to keep yourself composed even if you're a little bit angry. But now that you're walking to the end, no, fuck you. I told you. It's like, whoa, okay, okay, okay. He's moving, folks. He's moving. Just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And he's gone. He is gone. So I know know in like Glen Ellen, there would be kind of a – I don't know what the sort of reaction would be at like the Glen Ellen Public Library to something like that. Oh my like gosh, disgust. Well, yeah, but Are you kidding me? But intervention Glen of Ellen? like hey, well, yeah, but any type of dis- any type of disturbance in the status quo, you're met yeah. with a look of disdain <laughs> for disrupting the peace. Just another day in LA. My my question though is what is your what is your behavior around other people when you suddenly encounter a phone call in which voices might be ra- you do you encounter any conversations no. over the phone? You do not engage. I, yeah, there are there are too many mentally unstable individuals around here. You do not engage. It's easier just to not do anything and to let it fizz out. That's kind of like what it is in New York City too, where you just. Whereas in Glen Ellen, if you tell someone to shut the fuck up, they will probably look at you like, oh, and they'll probably shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, exactly. Here you'll find yourself in an altercation. A a uh, highly escalated altercation because half the people that are out here – I mean not half, but it seems like a ton of people out here are just mentally unstable. So that that leads me to my question of have you ever been on the receiving end of accidentally realizing that you were being a little too loud on the phone? No, never. Because I always excuse myself when I know I'm going to be on the telephone and people can hear me. I'll, or I tell them – or I pick up and I'll say I have to call you back in whatever time frame. Yeah. Particularly when I've been on the train downtown Chicago. Speaking of the Plate Society of Glen Ellen, uh, recently my mom – as the chair, the president of the local League of Women Voters, uh, obviously, you know the significance oh, yes. of January 6th. I know the significance. There were apparently vigils being held all across the country for all the different League of Women Voters um, to just do town hall, like just a brief vigil in commemoration of... The riot. Just fucking say what it is. The riot. The riots. Why are we tiptoeing around this? Didn't mean to, like complicated (laughs) (laughs) i was like what is he the the storming of the u.s capitol by trump supporters yeah so now a year afterwards it's crazy because 
so in the burbs of Chicago right now, it's like close to zero degrees. It's fucking freezing right now. And they had had this vigil planned for like three or four months at this point. And my mom was thinking, oh, you know, maybe, you know, 10, 10 people, 20 people at the most are going to end up coming and showing their sport and stuff like that. And just sit out in the cold for 30 minutes listening to somebody um, just talk about. Talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, there was like between 75 and 100 people there that ended up showing up in out. front of Glen Ellen Village Hall. And it was, you know, permitted and all that stuff. And uh, it was it was a very interesting thing because for me, I don't know, I just it was it was horrible what happened a year ago. But at the same time, I'm not like I kind of am of the mindset that holding a vigil isn't really going to change hearts and minds. I mean, it's a great way to show solidarity. It's a great way to like be in community with one another saying, hey, you know, we're all kind of feeling weird about that day but we're here to support one another and say we here believe democracy is important kind of thing so i don't know i don't know if you had there is a lot of there are a lot of i don't know how you would classify that as um like self-serving rituals but what what ritual isn't self-serving though i mean when it comes down to it like going to church that's true you know Going to a high school reunion. But it's one of those. Okay, okay. Mm. Let me rephrase. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But it's it's yeah. I guess you're right. It's funny because I've never been a person. I mean, it depends on what your intention is, right? High school reunion. I want to go see people. Oh, I haven't seen in years and catch up and have a good time. But it's like go to a vigil. What am I doing here? What to talk about? What happened? Like what? No. That's not it's not my thing. But some people like to gather and talk. Other people will never go to a high school reunion. Exactly, so, because they don't want to gather and talk you know, with those type of people. To totally. to each their own. Exactly. But it's yeah. 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 So it was it was interesting though. I, I will say, you know, I credit I credit my mom. She she is just so freaking she has so much foresight when it comes to certain things that she <laughs> she bought uh she was she was thinking okay there's only going to be a couple of people here we can probably just you know project and be loud and what if there were more people so she ended up going out and getting one of those megaphones which i had fun oh, playing nice. around with her too by the way those things are fucking loud dude when you do the they whoop, have probably whoop. settings that make like yeah i was going to say so loud but apparently that was that was definitely needed because um, with the amount of people who were there, uh, the one of the speakers tried to speak without the microphone, and she said, "Can you hear me?" And everyone was like, "No, we can't hear you." That is the worst thing. Like I could because I've been in situations like that where you are an audience member and the microphone stops working or it's not powerful enough, and then the speaker is putting so much effort into having people here at what what is she saying i can't move closer i don't know what not only then like do half the people not understand what you're saying you look dumb hey can you hear hey 
Okay, well, I guess I'll just have to speak like this, right, guys? Ha ha ha. Okay, and it's like you can't take them seriously. <laughs> exactly, because you're just get the you're hearing microphone. one of every three <laughs> words, and it's like, okay, this is making yeah. absolute no sense to me. Uh, yeah. So the the alternative to this, and this is something that I didn't actually think about until now, was back when I was at seminary a decade ago when we had the Occupy Wall Street movement. I don't know if you remember that Occupy Wall Street. And I remember. So us seminarians would go down as kind of chaplains within the area, and there would be hundreds and hundreds of people in any given location. And what they did was what they called the people's mic. And so the speaker would get up and he would say a sentence, and then the sentence would be repeated by the people who could hear him and then echo back, and it would be kind of a game of telephone oh, it was so it, it worked though it was like cornell west came to one of the occupy wall street um things and it was it worked uh, it worked surprisingly well i didn't think that something like uh like telephone would actually be able to suffice because this was a ground like there was no equipment there was nothing like that and it's just like um i i forget exactly what the the phrase was that they would use but it was like now someone's on the mic, and everyone would repeat, now someone's on the mic. And so after that, it would just resound back. So even if there was a 1,000 people <laughs> within a city square block in New York City, everyone in the back would, in essence, hear what was going on. So that was, it was interesting. But <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the experience you have at a football game, <laughs> you know, Dude, yeah. Flag on the play, flag on the play, flag on the play. Number 36, 36, 36. Defense, defense. <laughs> that like... is exactly it. That is exactly it. This penalty is decline, decline, decline. <laughs> but, dude, I um, speaking of, like, little gatherings, and this is just something real quick. I've seen it a few times, you know, but uh, – it always happens in Beverly Hills, right off of Rodeo Drive, in front of the little park area. That is where uh, Republicans choose to have their their little meetings, or evangelicals, or anybody that is on the far right. They have it right there in front of Beverly Hills, right off of like Santa Monica and Rodeo. And it's funny because. When I'm driving, I I can spot them like, oh, is this a – it looks like – yep. Because people are – it's weird because people are are dressed totally different. Like you can just e- immediately tell it, it is people of a different you know background, so to speak. And then the other thing, when I see an American flag, that is a huge indicator. Republicans, right, right. Right, Republicans, right-hand side. And I've thought about it. I'm like, bro, anytime there's a demonstration, like, I, my, my, this is my perception of reality, is that now, nowadays, when I see, like, the American flag somewhere, it tells me, oh, okay, this is a conservative conservative event or gathering like obviously they have the american flag obviously they have the american flag everywhere 
outside of the library, outside of the post office, outside of schools. They have it at sporting events. Like, the American flag is everywhere. But when I see people, like, waving the American flag or you see it, like, on the back of their jacket, most of the times that I see it here living in L.A., it's at Santa Monica and Rodeo having their little powwow with other with other signs that say, you know, fuck Biden or anything else regarding the Democratic Party and how much of a terrible job they're doing. But I just thought it was very interesting because I see that and I'm like, oh, this it happens every now and then. But I'm like, right, you're going to you're going to say stuff like fuck Biden in L.A. This is the lion's den. I don't know. That's. Such a smart choice. I don't know. It's been a while since I thought about that, of the use of the American flag when it comes to causes and stuff like that. That's the thing that I feel like liberals and people on the left don't really fully appreciate is that they're part of America, too. But you never really see American flags hanging around there. Like, America is what you want to make it. Like, embrace it. Don't don't let one side kind of co-op that. Fairly impartial one way or another. I'm kind of like, everyone's a dumbass if they just open their mouth and start talking, regardless of what quote-unquote side you're on, right? But then I was thinking too, I I mean, because I don't know exactly how it started, but I'm just so curious as to why, and I don't know if this was designed, part of, you know, the, the, uh, conspiracy side of me theory the conspiracy theorist side of me wants to say it was all designed man but really like when you have two major opposing parties you know 95% of the time and 95% to play the game is to just wait for the other person to stop talking and then you just start saying why they're wrong and why you're right as opposed to listening. And even though, you know, this last presidential debate was a fucking, like, celebrity death match, like, what the fuck was that? You know, even major candidates, you know, they they keep the gloves on, right? But all these other countries have multiple parties. And it forces you to stop and listen, and and you can say, okay, I do like this, or oh, I don't like that. Whereas when you have two major opposing forces, it's you're either with us or you're against us. And it's who can shout the loudest. Okay, so just minor side tangent. I was thinking to myself, wow, there are so many articles that I'm reading right now talking about the the expected decline of american democracy that in the next 10 years we won't be living in a democracy anymore like all this stuff seems so fucking apocalyptic i think to myself i you know i i acknowledge these dark forces that would prefer authoritarianism to actual democracy but it's like i don't know how much i buy into the fact that america like the constitutional system that we have in place is going to collapse i just don't 200 plus years of that's not a very long time it's not dude empires rise and fall too so but i was gonna say was uh too it's like i don't know are we we've seen what have been what's been happening with elections we see what i mean there's the black lives matter movement just didn't come out of nowhere so it's like is it i mean it's very clear and obvious that things are not going in the direction that the people would like them to go regardless of how many of how much effort is made 
to change things. It's just it's not happening. So like, do we? I don't know. Matrix. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, also, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if something cataclysmic happens, or maybe not one particular event. But I, I mean, right now, I think we're in the middle of that gestation period. Because, for example, you have back in the day, uh, I mean, I don't know what the order was, but I mean, Portugal was a world power. And then England was a world power. The United States became a world power. Who's next? Probably China. That's the big talk, right? But I mean, like, right now we are in that phase where, yep, the spirit and times of America and this and that and how great we are, it's, yeah, dude. It's a fucking house of cards that has begun to tumble. So uh, on a tangent note, uh, I got my booster vax. Nice. How'd that go? When- Does your arm feel like it's going to fall off or not yet? Not yet. No. It's just been a couple of hours. So we'll see. Uh, I've heard mixed reactions because it's weird, dude. My my relatives in Florida who had gotten the vaccine ended up getting all they they all ended up getting the the booster vax, none of them had a reaction beforehand, but then for the booster, some of them did and were out for a couple of days. Myself, I had a horrible reaction, and I know people in Jersey also had a similar poor reaction to it, and we were out, down and out for at least a day, maybe two, uh, for both the first and second shot, and I'm wondering to myself, where am I going to fall in that line? Am I going to get lucky and just not have a bad reaction to this one? For as much as the media attempts at instilling fear in people, I don't know how – I mean you don't go out too much. But at least out here, nowadays when I see people with a mask, the sentiment is like, why are you wearing a mask? That's weird. It's like, obviously, you do it just to be safe, whereas before, even if you were outside, right, even if you were outside and you weren't wearing a mask, it was like, oh, why are you not wearing your mask? Uh, oh, my gosh, you're, you're not wearing one. It's like, chill. I'm outside. There's fucking no one near me. But no one around me, nobody, n- n- no one that I fucking know or can even read the body language of when I see them from a distance, they're strangers, nobody is living in fear. Like it was when this whole thing started. But the sentiment on the TV and the radio is it's still out there. It's still out there and it's getting worse. It's like now you're no, you know, you you tricked some people, but the, the you know, people aren't living in the fear that you want them to live in. Yes. And, and that's what it comes down to is that fear equals people wanting to be engaged. <gasps> oh, my God. Tell me more about what I should be scared of. And I think to myself, I was probably safe with my two doses. Might as well get the booster. There's no harm in it, but I'm, and especially too, the, dude, there, there was a whole situation. Um, I don't think that I told you about this during Thanksgiving. My relatives, um, had come over for Thanksgiving and only told my mother a couple of days before Christmas that immediately after Thanksgiving, they developed symptoms of COVID and one of the family members had to be admitted to the hospital. And um, they, so... Do you think they would do that to fuck with your mom? 
No, no, no. It it wouldn't be malicious. Yeah. It would just be like, well, you know, it's all whether it be it's all a hoax or it's not that serious or something like that. The ones that don't believe in getting the vaccine, they're I mean, they're they're on the far right when it comes to the you know political ecosystem. Of and they media. showed up without notice, or your mom knew they were coming over. Oh yeah, no, we invited them. We assumed that they were oh. all good, but they they were not vaccinated. They refused to get. They're anti-vaxxers. So. But you guys knew they were unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. And, and your mom still let them come over? Because we were in the down period. During Thanksgiving time, It everything seemed to be going well. There was low case no- numbers and stuff like that. So we had just assumed in good nature. I, w- I wasn't there. I was out in Florida at that period of time. Wasn't it already – wasn't it like this huge ordeal when your sister and her boyfriend came over for something and it was, like yeah, it, everyone had to – It was, But that, that was at the height of the pandemic too where we ended up – it oh. was I think my sister's birthday maybe um, and we were all oh. outside. So it was it That's was what I was so surprised. I was like, what? Mrs. Thorsell? No, not the Mrs. Thorsell I know. Well, and that's that, – exactly, and that's why she – Especially she, after hearing that story when you said that like when they came over and it was, you know, uh, rather – what's the word? There was tension in the air. Yes. To say the least. Yeah. Uh, yes, but um... – we we had just assumed that uh, that they would let us know, and apparently, yeah. So that happened, and luckily, none of us ended up at least exhibiting symptoms because we're we're all vaccinated. So we would we would think, wouldn't it be logical to think people who were vaccinated would feel a little more comfortable in having people come over to their homes, even if they weren't vaccinated and did not show signs of being ill. What's the point of a vaccination if you can't live your life, right? You know, if you can't say, I am, like, in the literal Webster's Dictionary definition of vaccination, like, immune to that particular strain of disease. So, I don't know. I It's it's one of those things where I, I hindsight is twenty twenty as always, but it just... It, it blows my mind. And so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to get... I'm going to get the booster... And at the very worst, I'm going to test positive, but show no symptoms. Like that's kind of my. I philosophy. saw this. Um, I saw this meme that was can't remember the exact wording, but it was so on point, and it just like cut through all the bullshit. And it was it was one of those memes where it's like, yep, this is a meme, but this is 100 percent true, and it was something like. You know, I don't know the exact words, but it was something like, um, you know, uh, guilt, you know, trying to, you know, we got to protect people who we got to protect people in the country from getting COVID. That's why it's so important to to get the vaccine, the vaccine that doesn't work, that doesn't that can't protect you from the people who don't have it. But we're telling the people who don't have it to get it because then they'll get protected, even though they can't be protected. Like something like that, like something, one of those things. And I was like, yeah, this uh, this sounds this sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this sounds about on par. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Dude, I mean, my my dad is going to be flying back from Florida back to Chicago in the next week, actually. Um, and so I, it's going to be interesting to see. 
because seeing all these flight delays and all this like crazy shit happening over the holidays where suddenly every and I don't know I mean obviously you don't want watch late night all the late night comedians except for I think Stephen Colbert ended up getting COVID over the course of the holiday season it's like this is crazy this is like or at least testing positive the thing is none of them are showing symptoms and that's what I keep hearing from all of these reports is that people who have been vaccinated already, they're, they have it, they're testing positive, but they're not showing symptoms. It's just, it is what it is. So, Well, I'll, we'll wrap things up. I'll just go back real quick to what you were saying about democracy. But, um, <laughs> okay. Because the only, well, because, I mean, you know me. I got the vaccine, like, I'll fucking play the game to the extent that I feel like playing. But all this yes. other bullshit I'm not going to fall for, right? But the other, uh, the thing is, too, is that when democracies cease to be a democracy, it's it just doesn't happen overnight. It's so incremental that you don't realize it, that citizens don't realize it. And one of the things that that I... One of the reasons why I'm so skeptic about all the information and all the stuff they're telling you to do about COVID this, COVID that, or whatever, and, you know, for example, they're talking about, like, uh, vaccination passports and this and that. It's like, okay, well, the moment you tell people they are not allowed to do certain things because they're unvaccinated unless they have proof of vaccination, what you're saying is you are forcing citizens to inject a substance into their body and that they cannot participate, you know, for the most part, being a, a quote-unquote citizen unless they have done this and have proof of this. It's like, well, now you're crossing that medical line. You can't just force people to act a certain way and then require proof that they have submitted themselves to this thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's things – it's little things like that where it's like I can see the direction that this – could go and if it goes this way and people are like yes yes absolutely we need this no because we need to be safe and it's like wow you are drinking the fucking kool-aid for sure yeah actually i don't know man I, it just it bothers my it mom wants me. me to get the booster i'm like i already got i already did the first two yeah so so are you what what two. are your thoughts yes or no on the booster i'm not getting it i have no plans on getting it okay i already did the first two yeah I don't know. I'm just like, what's next? What's what other new thing are they going to say to try and get you to keep injecting yourself with shit? Um, is there is there something positive? Is there something good that we can kind of leave uh, this podcast? On? I know, right? Like nothing positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so with that, until next time. Until next time.